race fans and welcome to season 2020 episode 24 of the casino report the podcast that gets past the hype and gives you the lowdown on what's really happening in the moto gb paddock well mizano 2 that certainly delivered in the this is 2020 let's throw the rule book out the window stakes didn't it more red flags in moto 2 bikes munching on tear-offs until they choked another new winner for 2020 and steady improvement for suzuki and ktm I thoroughly enjoyed our time in Mazzano, and this week we're back in sunny Spain. Andra, what's your favourite Spanish word? Siesta. Siesta. <laughs> I love a good siesta, indeed. Oh, no, sorry, sorry to catch you off guard. I, for everybody, I didn't, I didn't word her up with that one. She had no idea whatsoever. Like Couldn't think of any bad again. words. <laughs> oh, bloody awesome! So good. Like my husband and I woke up Friday and just went, oh, "It's race weekend!" Like it's becoming now. No, it's not our bed talk. <laughs> but it's Tell like, no, but we're, we're just, we're getting so excited because, yeah, like, and even trying to make social plans, we're like, nah, we'll plan that for the weekend after because then we've got a break and we've got dinner, but we'll be home in time for the race. Like, it's com- taking complete control of our lives and it's bloody awesome. There you go, boss. We've got her. We've got another one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And How I, are you doing, I Manuel? I'm doing well. I am back home after two weeks in Italy and, uh, it's like, you know, when we are at the races, it's like living in a parallel world, okay? Yep. Not, yep. There, are no, there are no bills, there are nothing, <laughs> and then you return home, and there the reality waits for you. But okay, <laughs> life, is, life is fine. You're in fantasy land. <laughs> exactly. Right. Indeed. Exactly. So the race last weekend, obviously the first thing we've got to get off our chest, we've been quite critical over the last few months about, uh, about Maverick, about Top Gun, potentially rightly so, how he's, he's a Saturday boy and he's not performing on Sunday. He's finally had a Sunday, he showed up, his alarm clock went off on Sunday morning and he had a win. What do you think about that? Did he actually listen to his crew chief, boss? Well, I have to tell you that for my satisfaction, after a fully Italian weekend the week before, Finally, we we fought back, and there were three Spaniards on the top of the podium, <laughs> yeah. on the podium in Misano. So you can imagine how the Italians were, and how I walked through. Uh, <laughs> out here. Get out the way. <laughs> Did you have a flag as well while you were waving? That? No, no, no. That was too risky. That was yeah. too risky. Indeed, but it was wonderful to see, wasn't it? And it couldn't have been. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a great difference. race, and as you said, Vinales finally made it. Finally, oh. finally. I doubted you, Manuel. I doubted you. I was like, nah, he's not going <laughs> to do it. But uh, the key once, well, the key is that one of the keys, because I imagine there were many, was that he started well. Okay. Yes. Yep. Once again, he started well. And then he had only to keep, and he had basically the, the highway in front of him free. Yeah. You know, yeah. because Banyaya was at 1.4 seconds, more or less. But he could ride the way the Yamaha wants to ride. He was racing the track as a rider. Did he pick the right tires? Is that what? Did he pick the right tires? Is that what happened? Oh yes, he didn't gamble this time. He (laughs) just did what the others do. And this is and I tell you something. Look, Stus, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but very quickly, look. If you realize what's happening with Quartararo, Quartararo, did you realize? Misano won how difficult for him was to overtake Maverick and he mm. crashed mm-hmm. and this time he stood behind the, the KTM of Paul Espargaro for nine laps 
impossible for him to to overtake and this is exactly what the yamaha is like mm. yeah remember last year he always classified long many times in front row you know he did a lot of posts and this gave him the chance to start in front exactly. with no riders in front of him mm -hmm. so he's basically besides uh, um, suffering the pressure of being one of the favorites mm -hmm. he's going he's also suffering the yamaha syndrome Exactly. You know, and, and it's, it's the, it's, as I think as the commentators were saying on the weekend, I think qualifying Saturday afternoon has never been more critical, realistically, given how, how close it is. If you do get stuck in that mid-pack there and you don't have that, that chance to ride at your own pace and ride the track, forget it. Yeah, I'm getting really confused. Sorry. sorry. Yes, Andrea? I'm just going to give you my two, two cents worth. Um, I'm getting really confused watching watching all the free practice qualifying trying to predict what's going to happen in the race. And I'm seeing a really big divide between who does so well in free practice and qualifying to the race. Like there's something that switches psychologically or I'm seeing it in all, all the levels. Yeah. Well, a lot well, of it's to do with the tires that they're doing and what, what they do in the practice sessions, they may be testing a certain tire compound. And this comes back to what Manuel's been saying over the last few weeks. Maverick's been doing some great work doing long stints on certain tyres and getting a lot of data for tyres. But then on Sunday, he switches to a completely different mm. tyre combination that he's got no knowledge of. If you have a look, and this is what I was going to say before, Manuel, like you've given me a real insight over the last few months as well to go back and look at that data from the, uh, from the practice sessions. Maverick spent time on the tyres that he raced this weekend. Yes, exactly. That I think exactly. that you've got your guys, case. but you've got your guys that really stand out and are crazy fast in in free practice or qualifying, and then they get to the race and nothing happens. One lap heroes. Yeah. yeah. Look, uh, you, look, you can set up the bike to turn very quick. For one lap, you can set up the bike to explore to the maximum the tire they are using. Mm -hmm. But if you go with the same setup in the race after five laps you have destroyed the tires. Gone. So you have to, mm, okay. in another, in the next podcast, I'm, I'm going to explain you how the tires are chosen inside the garage. Cool. I, have awesome. worked, I have worked on great. this topic in Misano and it's really interesting. And I have discovered the whole world with this, which I didn't uh, know that existed. It's really interesting. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, I think that sort of leads me into my next point slightly, and I'm coming back a little bit to what we were saying about, about Saturday being so important to get that one lap pace for Saturday because it is so close. Somebody that suffered from that, although you wouldn't think it because he had an amazing result, he finished second, Juan Mir. What an absolute legend. Very, very cool. But realistically, because of what happened on Saturday, because he started, was it third row, fourth row, something like that, 11th. all the way back? He 11th. started 11th. There you go. Fourth yeah, row. fourth row. Because he started all the way back there, he didn't have the opportunity to get up with Vinales and fight with Vinales. And so that was, that was the difference, is that Saturday pace. But yeah, Manuel, Juan Mir, what an amazing, amazing young talent. Yeah, He's yeah. He's qualify a bit higher. He does, that's right, yeah. He has, uh, he's the big sensation now. And I tell you, one of my children, he wants to ask me, are there T-shirts with number 36? Oh. <laughs> the Jixxers so are back in town. <laughs> and he writes so exciting, you know, so aggressively. And, and the, the most uh, amazing from John and what I like most is the facility in, with uh, which he uh, 
uh, overtakes. You know, he arrives yes. behind the rider and yep. it's two, the ease. two or three cars. Saves and it and goes. Yeah, the yep. ease so in which really, he gets really past. Fantastic. So clear. Exactly, and yeah. Look, I, I have analyzed him because many people say that if Juan Mir uh, learns or the Suzuki allows him to start in a front first or second row, he mm -hmm. will win easy races. So I went through his uh, racing career and it's, I found something very interesting. Look, in 2017, when uh, Juan uh, got a world champion in Moto3, three, yeah. he won 10 races. 10 races, something that is unique in Moto3. In Moto3, that's but, crazy. Yeah, it's normally a yeah, lottery. Now they, every weekend, every uh, different rider wins. So this showed how strong he was. But the most interesting thing is that nine out of these 10 races were last lap victory. Cool. That is exactly how he rides today, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's basically his way of riding. And another interesting uh, statistic that in his whole career in Grand Prix, he has only two pole position, both in Moto3. Wow. This means that he's not a, how do you say, Saturday rider? Saturday or? rider, exactly. Yeah, he's exactly. not a one-lap hero. A, yeah. He's a pure racer. And in Moto3, his level was so high that he could easily recover, mm. catch up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in, Moto, in MotoGP, the level is, uh, we see how the level is. So even so, he can catch up. But if he really wants to arrive to fight for the victory, mm -hmm. he needs to do better in qualifying. But yeah. he needs to start at least from those first two rows. If he, I think exactly. if he puts himself in the top yeah. six, he's got a really good chance. Andrew? Yeah. So in saying that, we've had seven races and six different winners. Could it be his <laughs> weekend races. this weekend? Yeah, the six yeah, different races. Yeah. And we six have heard anthems and we yeah. have heard anthems that we have never heard. Exactly. Portugal, South Africa, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's right. What's his I haven't and, looked at Jean Mir's history recently back in uh, back in Spain. What's his what's his history like at the at this track? In uh, no he did he didn't do well last year. He didn't do well in in, uh, in Barcelona, but remember that he got he was uh, injured heavily. So That's last right. year was a transition year, right? Yeah, it true, was not true. Something that has to be uh, counted about. And now I have to tell you that uh, there is an anthem missing, I think, this year, no? One more. Australian. We have, <laughs> yes. we have heard all type of anthems, but non Australian. Not the Aussie one yet. We will hear so, it before uh, the end of the year. What happened to Jack Miller's bike on oh, the weekend? I wonder. Do you, do you reckon we could find out? How do you think we could find I, that out? Manuel, do you think we can make a, a phone call? Yes, look, I, I have an appointment with Jack in a few minutes. Do you want to join me? Sure. Oh, I think oh. we should. Hang, hang on a minute. You know, I think I might be a bit busy. I might not be able to make it. <laughs> Wait, sure. let me go do my hair. Okay, Let's do that. We, we can ask him about the tear off. We can ask him about... When All sorts of stuff. will he make the uh, Aussie Arthur be played in the circuit? Exactly. Let's see what he has to tell us about that. Let's do that. And you know what? Through the magic of movies and, and computers, here it comes. Jack, uh, let me first introduce my colleagues. Uh, you know, they are 
And we do a podcast called The Pacino Report, and that's why we want to have a chat with you. You can see Andra. Andra, I think she lives in Adelaide, right, Andra? I do. Adelaide. He almost got that right, didn't he, mate? That's right. At least I'm not a bloody Queenslander. What are you saying? It all, all the good stuff you see rises to the top. I was wondering if you two are related. Then, if you're both from the same, is your is your auntie married to his cousin or something? South Australia is smaller than 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 Queensland. You know, we're more spaced out. So, I mean, exactly. You're a bit worried about you guys down there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, I'll, I'll stop now. Sorry, Manuel. Andra, start two. We have 10, 15 minutes. You start, please. Here we go. All right. So we got Jack from the Jack Jack from the Outback. I came up with that today. Is that is that people said that before? That's a good one. I haven't heard that one before, but I'll take it. Thank you. Thank you. Jack. There you go. There we go. So my first question. Might get in trouble. Steakhouses, though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Is it any? Is it any good or is it shit? Is it any good? I've not been there. I wouldn't rate it. I, I, I've been to better steakhouses, that's for sure. Do they make some weird thing called a bloomin' onion or something that we don't eat here? What? Right. You're going off track already, woman. Okay, sorry. My first question. On Sunday, when you found the tear off off the visor, did you want to go and stick it in Fabio's air pipe? No, um, I didn't even find it, to be honest. I literally got off the bike. Uh, spoke to the boys, you know, gave them a little hug and that, and then I bailed out the back of the box because I drove to Mizano, so I literally <laughs> so you fell. Yeah, went and got me motorhome hooky and um, hooky and Thomas, my assistant, were in there, and I said, "Get your shit, we're going. Wow. Pack up. You've been pretty. We're out. We got some sick burnouts out the back and and got out of there. Exactly. We just so I was like, I'm not getting stuck in traffic as well because you know we have fans there, which has been yeah, yeah. Only positive thing about not having fans is you can leave them there. <laughs> no dramas, you know. There's no traffic, and Italy is kind of bad for traffic anyway. So yep. I was like, get get everything in the van, let's go. And then yep. um, I went and seen the boys again, just said goodbye and that, and they hadn't even found it yet. They were going through the data, and then they literally, as I was driving out the the track, uh, Francesco, team boss, called me. He's like, oh you won't believe we found the tear off in the box and then all the mechanics sending me through the picture. I'm like, oh, kidding. That is a famous picture now, man. That is a famous picture. Is there no etiquette around, like I'm quite new to MotoGP, that's why I'm part of this podcast, but I was watching it and I was like, what are they, they're throwing this off just on the track. How does no one pick it up? How does, how does this not happen? So I'm sorry if I jinxed you, but is it, is there going to be some etiquette around, around can you take it off before you head out or something? um, For me, I never really pull. For one, we don't really have time to pull them. Uh, Can't someone do it for you? You got assistance and shit, right? Yeah, but like when you're on the bike, you don't really have a time, have uh-huh. time to pull it. So a lot of guys do it maybe just to like you have it on there for the siding lamp. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. If you get something on, if you get a bug or something like that, once you're in focus and you're riding, you you can sort of you look through the bugs. You don't really see them. Yeah, um, and then like or the smash seagull in Phillip Island, or exactly anything like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, when you got the bugs on there, it um, you don't really notice it at the time when you're racing. But then, yeah. for example, when you um, pull up or whatever, or when the race is done, or if you check the helmet up, you're like, shit, how can I see it or that? Yeah, but yeah. Once you're going, you can't really see it. But when you pull up to the grid like that, maybe you got a little bit on there, so they'll drop it there. 
I, I don't normally do it because I, I don't really get too fussed by it. I have two tear-offs on there and like in qualifying, for example, I come in and pull it uh, in the box just yeah. right there because again, when your eyes refocus, you're like, oh, there's a bit of shit on it, so I'll get rid of it there. But yeah. I need them for my bloody glasses during the day. <laughs> just get some tear-offs. Yeah, why not? Oh, shits me. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Manuel, I think you've got an actual a serious question. Yes, yes, Jack. I am the serious part of this, you know. <laughs> Jack, I, I just went through the, the statistics from last year. You finished pretty well fifth, plus six from the winner, mm-hmm. even not having uh, gone through the Q2, right? Yeah. So what do you expect for this year when you are stronger? Yeah, I feel the bike this year is better. Like you say, last year I struggled sort of most of the weekend and then come Sunday we kind of found something where I was able to do, uh, be a little bit more confident with the bike, but um, we'll see. Um, like you say, we were close last year uh, in the group with the, for the podium. Uh, sort of ran a little bit out of tight towards the end of the race. So, um, and I've had a lot of experience around here with the races and it's always quite a difficult track on tyres. So we know what to expect kind of for this, this year. Kind of saying that, uh, you know, the races have been very topsy-turvy this year. So um, all we can do is just try to uh, take back some of the points we lost in, in both races in Mizano. You know, sec- first race was an ideal and the second race we lost a big chunk. So, um, yeah, but it's, fair been cool, fair cool. it's been worse, you know, we're um, sort of back to where we were after, well, actually, we're better off than we were after Jerez 2, where we uh, had the crash and I was down a heap of points and I managed to claw it back to whatever it was, 12 or, or, or whatever it was. So uh, we'll mm. try uh do the same again, but get it, get it down to zero or even the other way. But um, we've got a lot of tracks coming up now that I, I enjoy, you know, all the sort of bad tracks for me are out of the way. So we've got here... I enjoy riding here. I haven't particularly been crazy fast here in the past, but last year was an improvement and we look for improving on that. Le Mans, another track I really enjoy. Uh, I've done well at in the past. Uh, Aragon, another track I've done well at in the past, been on the podium there. Uh, and then Valencia as well, another track I've done well at, been on the podium. And then we finish it off at a at a wildcard track in Forty Mile that no one's really been to. So um, we'll all get a little bit of the a... great leveller. Exactly, exactly. I think what a perfect way to end this season, you know, that's been so sort of strange is to finish it off at a track where no one's been to. It'll be a cool, cool, uh, cool way to end it. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, very, very good words, mate. And look, you haven't had a good time in Italy. You've, you know, you said that yourself. You're in an Italian team. You're surrounded by Italians 24-7. What's it like on a, as an Aussie personality? You know, it's it, very different personalities. What's it like being surrounded by Italians? And, and next year as well, you're going to have maybe, if, if you have Pecco with you as well, he's you know, the great white hope. What do, what do you think that dynamic's going to be like moving forwards in the, in the top tier team? Um, it's something, you know, being an Aussie over here all my life, all my career basically is you're always outnumbered. You're always going to be outnumbered. So, I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. Um, That's the Aussie spirit, mate. That's the way. Yeah, exactly. Did you get used to that growing up in Queensland? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Being outnumbered. (laughs) Shut up, you. (laughs) But no, I mean... Get one more in. Something I can be, you know, I take that as as a positive thing. It's something, you know, that they... The Italian teams put a lot of trust in me. I've been, they've been very good to me. So uh, you try and repay them like uh, 
a lot of Aussies have done in the past. You know, Australians and uh, and especially the Italians have got along really well in the past. So uh, try and uh, keep that that legacy going. Good stuff. I do you love. Know? And you um, see, do you see the do you see the Paco thing as being a good challenge as well for for having a rider as you know as I say he's he's the local hope. Do you see that as just another guy you're just going to take down? Yeah, but I also see it as you know yeah he's he's their hope but i mean there's a lot of other young italians going really well with uh frankie with you know so it's not easy on his shoes as well because he's got a lot of guys from the same country as him you know guys he's grown up racing or beating or whatever um yeah. so it's not 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 the easiest position in his side as well so i take the good with the bad and uh try to do the best we can do good so what i love this isn't so much a question but knowing that you sort of take a lot of the young Aussie boys under your wing and take care of them and that sort of thing. I think that's bloody awesome. And again, not a question, but just wanted to acknowledge how good it is you do that. Cause you know what it's like to be, you know, one of the minority. No, I think it's a great thing. You know, if we can try and stick together over here, it's great because I mean, yep. we all have our own sense, you know, the Aussies, we have our own sense of humor and uh, there's nothing like, you know, being around, uh, your own, let's say, countrymen and being able to have banter yep. and that sort of thing. And also, when you first come over here, like with Billy and that, it's uh, it's not easy, especially for me. I grew up on a farm riding every day. And then you come over here where you're on the other side of the world, you don't have bikes, you don't have, you know, the resources to go. Freedom. Practice yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. So I try and help them as much as I can because I remember how much I missed, you know, being able to go and ride through the week and stuff like that, like I did at home. So try and do that sort of thing. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it gives me, it makes me keen, you know, it's always better to ride with friends and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's quite good to help. Good stuff. And you can legend. talk faster with each other and understand. Exactly. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Manuel. Jack, Jack, do you see yourself uh, as a contender apart because you had uh, some zeros? Are you still in the race? Definitely. Yeah. I'm only 20 points behind. Uh, I don't even need a zero. I don't even need the opponents to get a zero. I just need to try and beat them as best I can. And we have enough time. Um, we'll see, you know, after this weekend and next weekend, you know, we're at the halfway point and I'm only 20 points behind. So uh, it's the same as if I, you know, had a bad race in the first one or whatever. So uh, I, I definitely see myself as a contender. I've been here before. Um, I've, you know, learned from mistakes, let's say in the past. And I'd like to think I've got enough experience now that I can be in a, a contender, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So when you do, Jack, and we hear that Aussie anthem, I have a favour. I heard you did a shoey once. Mm -hmm. Will you drink the, is it wine or champagne? Champagne. champagne. Will you drink it out of your helmet? Helmet? Helmet would be even worse than a helmet. <laughs> Imagine the mank and the sweat that's in there. I sweat profusely. I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, but you'll drink it out your shoe. Yeah, but Start wearing a hairnet just in case. It doesn't really absorb much. The helmet, like, you can grab All it right. and it's dripping wet. So I reckon that'd be even worse than the boot. Pour it. <laughs> or a get a goon bag. That's what you need, a goon bag. Goon bag. Just a goon, goon bag. bag <laughs> oh, my God. Manuel, I'll explain that to you later. Indeed, we will. Now, Manuel, did you have another question? I think I had another question. I've completely forgotten what it was because I'm having such a good time. Did you Did you want something else that you wanted to uh, uh, ask Jack at the moment? No, no, finished you. We have uh, just a few minutes. Go ahead with your special. Stuff. Perfect. So I'll do this. So at this point, when, we, when we're talking to some someone who's a legend like yourself, mate, 
I like to fire a few quick questions at someone just to see. And I know you're, you're at the track at the moment, so I know you're switched on. So this shouldn't be a problem for you. Yeah. This is my fast five, mate. So it's going to be five <laughs> fast questions. So here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. First one. What's the best road bike ever made? I'd have to say probably my Ducati Panigale. I really like that. But also I've got now the Diavel at home. Oh, the Diavel. Yeah. I love a good Diavel. Uh, nice. Is yeah, it the dark? The black one. Yeah, the black one. It's, I love it. I love it. It's uh, unreal. It's comfy. You can cruise around. It's got a quick shifter. You can get into it when you want. It's, it's oh, a whole nice. Thing. feel like Judge Dredd riding that thing. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Love it. It's like my Question bird. two. It's a better one. Holden or Ford? Uh, Holden. Nice, good man. Question three. Yeah, most annoying person in the paddock. Oh. Apart from journalists. Apart from journalists. Apart from Manuel. Can't say Manuel. Yeah, it could be could be press officers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rita. I think that was a Calling you, hey, you're late. So. Nice. Coming and talk to these idiot Aussies. Love it. Question four. Mullet or man bun? Mullet. <laughs> Sure, man. Love mullet. it. Right answer. Grow it back. Grow it back. It'll make Grow you go it back. Grow, you've, you've got to go the mullet. Come good, on. Though. It was never that. My hair goes curly and it just doesn't work. Just <laughs> that just makes it oh, even you better. have to compete you've with got Frankie. That curl at the bottom. <laughs> Lovely. Last question. I know you're amazing at both, but do you prefer a stand-up wheelie or a stoppy? Ah, stand-up wheelie for sure. The only reason I do the stoppies is because I can't really do the stand-up wheelies anymore. The bike doesn't allow it. It's oh, right. I can find where it'll do it. So the only, thing of, you can trick the only it. other option I got is to a scrobby because the thing won't let me. Outstanding, outstanding. Jack Mellor, thank you so much for your time, mate. It's been absolutely amazing. Okay. We've loved it. Go kick some butt this weekend. We will be oh, cheering for you. Don't worry. <laughs> and uh, mate, we want to see you on that top step of the podium. Cheers, drinking bro. beer out of the out of empty skull of your vanquished enemies. There we go. <laughs> Love it. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Wow, there you go. How cool was that? Just in and out, just like the magic of television. That's incredible, isn't it? That was so cool. I, I really enjoyed that. Andrew, what did you think of that? I don't know. I was just laughing because I was doing the countdown with my fingers and forgot we've got video now. And I, and I stuck my middle fingers up for the one. And I went, oh, we've got video on YouTube now. Um, sorry, that was like the sec my second favourite five minutes of my life. After, um, um, yeah, you know your husband and your kids are both watching right now. So let me jump in. How did you? How did you? Because you didn't know Jack until now, no? Personally, yeah. What was your feeling? Was do you think that he was relaxed by speaking with Aussies? How how did you feel? I, yeah, I felt a, a, a good affinity there. I think as soon as we heard the accent and we started to talk normally, I think when we've seen a lot of press of Jack when he's when he's talking in Europe, as he mentioned himself there, he speaks a lot slower, he speaks differently. Mm -hmm. I think in the thir first 30 seconds, he started talking Aussie again and we were Stu, comfortable. Stu, for me, it has been so funny hearing you say, we started to talk normal. <laughs> oh, no, um, Manuel, Manuel did you get lost? Did you get lost at all, Manuel, listening to three oh, Aussies well, talk? Uh, I, uh, probably I understood 10%. <laughs> and we talked... <laughs> and, and, 
And we taught you what a mullet was. Exactly. And I need to tell you, and I need oh, to tell yeah, you later. That, that is too difficult for me. Wow. That's I need to tell you, oh no, I should tell everyone. So the other listeners that aren't in Australia know, I said something to Jack about, about a goon bag. So in Australia, you can get this really flash wine and it comes in a box and inside the box is a silver bag full of wine. So what you can do at parties. Cheap wine. Yeah, but, 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 but. So the best thing is you've got a pillow at the end of the night once the bag's empty because you just blow it up with air. Are you going to talk about goon fortune? And if you have a party, you know, have uh, clotheslines, like we have a thing called a Hills Hoist clothesline in Australia. You peg, you peg the wine and you spin it around. And if it stops in front of you, you drink from it. <laughs> That's a real Aussie party. When I, yes. I imagine an Aussie party, it's something like that. Yeah, exactly. That and sausages on the barbecue. There we go. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> now, that was, that was absolutely amazing. Manuel, what did, what did you think of that interview? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah, I know Jack, and but the thing is, look, we have had here some chats with uh, Jake Dixon, with uh, Remy Garner, and the difference is that when we chat with them, they were at home, they were yes. relaxed. Yep. Jack was clearly on racing mode. He was okay. in the office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I tell you something. Probably the riders hate what they hate most of the Grand Prix are the Thursdays. Thursdays mm. where they have to do interviews, mm-hmm. where to have to speak with the journals, no, the journalists. Yep. <laughs> that is the worst. And the thing with, with Jack, probably he would have liked to to speak more, but probably I tell you, he had these fifteen minutes. Then probably immediately after he had another interview, immediately after another one, yep. and then at five o'clock he had the press uh, <laughs> meeting. So. For them, it's an idol, but he has been very relaxed and very fine, I think. But I'm so naive because I just go, oh, they get to kick back and then they just go out on race day or go go ride their bikes and do all the fun stuff. But they're crazy busy doing stuff that most of them probably don't enjoy. They do indeed. You look at, uh, look, coming back to another Aussie and, you know, Jack alluded to it there, you look at Casey. A lot of the, a lot of the reason that Casey left was because of the stuff off the track that was going on. Because of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was you, Manuel. It was all your fault. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Got it, in the way of his fishing time. Yeah. It's become a completely different game. The, the riding mm. is a percentage of it. And now what you do around yeah, the riding because, is a look, large percentage uh, of it as well. For, it's the game. Uh, for, you, for you, racing is fun. Is something that you do off your work and something that brings you joy, right? Yeah. For them, it's a profession. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Why do you think they got paid millions for yeah. racing and for PR stuff? That's I tell right. you something, uh, the worst in the contracts of Valentino Rossi, what he has, what he normally fights more for is to have as less possible days for PR. Right. Yeah. And you can see why. I'm telling yeah. you, Stu, I'm telling you about three days, the fight is between three days or five days a year. Uh, what? Wow, really? For Yamaha. So it's wow. down to them. No, Valentino, no, I want two. No, you have five. Five, no way. No, I want two. Yeah. Here stuff in the whole season. Wow. I get it. I know how hard it is for models, like on freezing cold days when they have to go out and look yeah. good. And so, I get it every you know. week. And I have to wear that tape on my nipples all the time. I hate it. <laughs> yes. I absolutely hate it. Indeed. So moving forwards. So this weekend. So yes. we're, we're back in sunny Spain, mate. So 
Um, tell us about this weekend. What what are you what are you seeing? What is the guru feeling about this weekend? Well, uh, as you know, I I like to look at the statistic because at the end, racing is most basically numbers figures, and if you go through the figures, there is a rider that surprised surprised me that I really didn't put in my first uh, to win list. That is Fabio Quartararo. Oh. Tito Rabat, poor Tito Rabat. <laughs> so Fabio, leave Tito alone. <laughs> leave Tito alone. <laughs> so Fabio, okay, I, boys, I, I, Fabio, wouldn't, Fabio I wouldn't have thought of Fabio. Okay. Yeah, yeah Fabio, look, the, the characteristic of the Catalan circuit of Montmelo are two. Basically, the long straight, mm-hmm. 1.1 case, that the top speed there is around 350, 350 case at the end of the straight. And hey, the other characteristic characteristic of Momelo is that the grip is very low. Yep. Okay, the, there is no high lip, uh, high grip uh, ground. So these are the two characteristics. So uh, the Yamaha will, is by far the slowest bike of the field, yeah. by far. That's so why I wouldn't will, have thought Fabio at all, exactly. Exactly. They, in theory, they will, uh, they will uh, suffer their But Fabio, if I don't remember wrong, he did his first uh, podium, MotoGP podium in Barcelona last year. The year before he won the race, the Moto2 race, the only race he won in Moto2, and the victory that opened the door for him to MotoGP was in Barcelona. Wow. In the Spanish championship, he always has won in Barcelona. So it's a track that he really feels at home. It's his favorite track. Loves the track, clearly, for that many wins. So... uh, The history says this. uh, We will... We have to see how much the pressure on Fabio yeah. acts this time, right? Exactly. We've got history versus, yeah, as you say, the pressure of Fabio and also potentially maybe a slightly detuned Yamaha engine. Who knows? Yeah. On that 1.1 kilometer straight. Who knows? I remember that. It's funny that you, you now you point this last year. Remember that Fabio used a B Yamaha, not the very the factory one, but a satellite. That, that Charlie was on satellite bike. Yeah, the same oh. that they're using now Morbidelli, who has won in yeah, Misano. So exactly. maybe the good Yamaha is the one that is not uh, run by the factory. It's but the SRT. So, yeah, Andra. Is that straight? Is that straight longer than most of the tracks? Uh, I think. Look, there are there were two straights. There is one straight in Mugello, obviously, that mm-hmm. is always almost the same. The longest straight was in Austin. The, the long straight path, it's not only the, it's how fast you get into the straight. Well, that's because we, haven't we spoken about that, like, Ducatis are better on those tracks that have the oh, yeah. longer, because they've got the power. Yeah, in, in uh, Mugello, there is nobody can, that can be Ducati for years because of the engine. And, because, and here in Barcelona, they also are very strong. The first Ducati victory, I think down in 2003, the first one was by Capirossi in Barcelona because mm-hmm. of the engine. So um, it would be nice to see an Aussie win. Let's say to see oh. a Ducati because I was say I was okay. going to say to see a Dovizioso win, but we have just spoken with with Jack. So maybe we could have, we have like to put Aussie, in, yeah, Caddy. He needs the points. He needs the points. I think. I need that uh, for Dovizioso. It would. It's a need. It's a must. Yeah. Um, to do this because he's the leader, like showing. Okay, I have done very bad until now, but here I come. Yeah, I think. I think potentially a Dovizioso win here. Um, 
would really cement his championship standings for a lot of people. This would really yes. put him in that box seat, definitely. Andrew. I just remembered. So Cal's going to race this weekend. Cal, no. Cal's back. No? No, no, he won't. Really? Yeah. I heard he was. He, look, it's, it's oh, my sources. Yesterday, he broke, he it's, fell off. He hurt his ankle. Yes, I, but after doing his PCR test, he fell and, and uh, twisted his ankle, so he will not be racing. Uh, people are racing with broken bones. What, he's got a bloody twisted ankle. He rode with, a, with an open look, arm. The, this is the third thing that Carl has happened this season. I think that he should put a big cross on his leather, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Well, they say it comes in threes. So he's had, he's had all three. So he should be right. He's okay. Indeed. Look, guys, it's been absolutely amazing tonight. Thank you so much for introducing us to Jack Miller, Manuel. Without you, this would never have happened. This is a dream. It's been no, absolutely but we wonderful. Are here, Jack, we have had uh, Remy Gardner. We have, we had have Jack. Now we have to find another Aussie in the paddock to talk with. We have to get some more Aussies in that paddock. We do. Billy, I get Billy up there. Do you know what? I, I'm going to put it out there just because we're recording. I want to speak to Brad Binder and his brother. Brad and Darren. Okay. Brad and Darren. They sound so Aussie, okay. even though they're not Aussie. I have a mission. I have a mission then. <laughs> we do. You do. We need to get five little boxes here. Or we'll get four, but in one of them, we'll have two people. And it'll be Brad and Darren. Uh, we'll I, think, I think I can arrange this for the next Grand Prix. I, I can think I can. Why not? And then, we'll speak to Valen and then we'll speak to Valentino, okay? I yeah, promise no. I'll keep my shirt on. on. On one of his two or three press days throughout the year, he'll just slot us <laughs> in right now. Indeed. No, sure. no, no. He has no press days. It's PR. No oh, press. PR days, right? Just he does. <laughs> Oh, Zero God. press days. Zero press days. That's absolutely okay. amazing. Okay, look, before we sign off, Andrew, did you have something that you wanted to say to our viewers and our listeners just to remind them of, of where they can something find important. us? <laughs> something Sorry, important. Sorry, I won't be stupid <laughs> now. Um, check us out on social media. We've got the Pacino Report on Instagram. Drop us messages. I'm on Andrew underscore, what is it? The Pacino Report. Stu's quick draw. <laughs> <laughs> I try my best here. Hey, I'll get better each week, I promise. Stu's quick draw. Underscore, underscore 73. 73. And we, ha and Manuel, why are you laughing? I'm getting better. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> and Manuel <laughs> at Pacino GP, you can talk about that because I will mess that up. And we Indeed, Manuel, we let us know where your... they can find all of the latest material. Look, PacinoGP.com, I have done a couple of good stories. One is with, did I tell you, with Iker Lekwana? <gasps> no, not yet. Iker. No, Iker. Iker's a hero. Iker, and the headline is, Eker baby face Lequana. <laughs> there you make you the mother come out now. I'm like, oh, Iker. Look, I tell you very quickly from Iker that I, I learned a lot of things talking with him about him. He was racing in 2015 and mm -hmm. they kicked him out of the championship because he was too slow. Oh, he kept falling off. <laughs> look, and then the next season he broke a leg. Another season off. Then nobody, he was nobody anymore. So he raced a sad supermotor championship with a nine-year-old bike. Wow. And this, and now he is the baby face of MotoGP. So He's a little incredible. engine that could. He's so he looks like a kid, but when you hear him talking, he's, he said, you know that he doesn't give up. He said to me, 
there are two ways to get up there with your father paying or fighting for it like I did. Nice. Is that a dig at someone or is that a dig at lots of them? To dig at lots of them, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Some brothers, for example. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's right. (laughs) So that's fantastic. So that's on Pacino GP. Wonderful. And you can see it in English or you can go PacinoGP.es and see it in Spanish as well. In Spanish. And then you you learn at the end, I promise that I put, uh, we will put on each article, the word siesta type. Siesta. What's this better say? You can <laughs> yeah. learn some other words other than siesta. <laughs> you have to have it halfway it. through. So you can have a siesta in the middle and then come back to it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that worked. Okay. Oh, Thank you so much. Oh, oh, Andrew, you got one more thing. No, I didn't finish my important stuff. We are also now on YouTube. So if you're listening oh, yes. to us on podcast platforms, Flick over to YouTube. We're starting to record video. Share to all your friends. Tell all your friends about us, even if you like one thing you heard, and we love you. Give us a five-star rating. Yep. Follow us on all the social medias. Send us emails. We love it. Yeah. See you later, guys. Bye. 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 Adios. Adios.